0: Welcome back to the God's Vibes podcast. It is tune in Tuesday, tune in Tuesday. We have a special interview today, so we're switching it up a bit, but I hopped on with a dear friend, Leslie Kane, who I am just so grateful that we're connected and that we get to be on the journey together. But what Leslie does is something truly phenomenal. She works with folks who have experienced narcissistic abuse. Now, being a narcissistic abuse survivor, this content is so profound, so powerful, and she offers diverse perspective on it, and her mission is to help you heal after narcissistic abuse through holistic health, trauma supports, and boundaries, and she has such a beautiful podcast where she can break this down in many different ways so get excited to hear not only her journey with God her testimony which is phenomenal but how she got into this work and how you can connect with her as well before we dive in I want to make sure that you are aware of two very exciting things that are going down this week and depending on when you listen to it could even be tonight so Tuesday March 28th, 7 p.m. Central Time, Wednesday and Thursday, we are doing a challenge that is free, F-R-E-E, totally free. It's called Permission to Prosper. I mean, amen already, right? But it's a free challenge inside Courage Co. If you are inside Courage Co. already, you can RSVP under the events option. If you're not, it is also free to join Courage Co. It's www.courageco.org. You can register. You'll have to create a free account because it's an app off social media. But once you're in there, you get access to not just Permission to Prosper, but any future event, and we do them monthly. So make sure that you get plugged in. This challenge is going to be good, y'all. Permission to Prosper goes down Tuesday, March 28th, 7 p.m. Central Time, okay? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And the other thing, the God's Vibes Mastermind also opens for enrollment Tuesday, March 28th. Come on! It's so good! And we are giving away a scholarship. I mean, what? This is roughly 5K in value. It's actually more. But we are giving away a free scholarship to a blessed one that God is going to highlight to us. That is applied for the mastermind. So that's all you've got to do to have a chance to win a scholarship to the God's Vibes Mastermind is apply. There's a way to do that over at Courage Co. You'll see it's when you go to the website, www.courageco.org. You will see that you can apply for the mastermind right there. And if You are inside courage co already you will not miss out under courses and programs there's a section just for you to apply as well so make sure that you apply that's how you have a chance to win the scholarship and the gods vibes mastermind is a three-month program I won't say it's a course because it's deeper than that there is course content there is a video and an empower work, empowerment worksheet every single day for 3 months and we meet live for coaching every single week in addition to two bonus courses a declaration deck the entire masterclass bundle and many other bonuses that you will get looped in on once you apply. So make sure that you go and apply www.couragego.org and I cannot wait to connect with you soon. All right, without further ado, let's connect with Leslie. Hello, friend. I am so excited that you're here. I'm so grateful that you get to share Everything that's on your heart with everyone that listens to this podcast is going to bless them so much, but say hello. Tell everybody who you are.
1: Hi. (laughs) Thank you so much, Juliana, for having me. I really appreciate it. (laughs) You're welcome. And hello, everyone. My name is Leslie Kane. I am a master certified health coach, certified trauma support specialist, and narcissistic abuse survivor. I'm also a wife of 25 years to my husband, and I'm the mother of two teenagers. I have a 16-year-old daughter. Lord help all the people on the road. (laughs) (laughs) And and I have a 14-year-old son. They are two very busy scholar-athletes that I'm immensely proud of, and I have an almost two-year-old Australian Labradoodle named Django.
0: Oh my gosh. How did we get the name for Django? That's awesome.
1: <laughs> the kids actually like the movie Django Unchained. So they threw that in the ring when we were trying to decide on names. So we ended up with Django and Chango. he is just a love bug. He's our COVID dog too. <laughs> oh,
0: big dog too, right?
1: Actually he's small. Oh okay. He's a, he's a mini. Oh, so I mean- He's super cute, but he's the perfect size for us. And he's got the perfect personality.
0: Oh, so fun. Well, I would love for you to share too a little bit about your God journey. I know that we've talked offline about this, but it's so helpful when you can hear this because it's really describing the invisible realm that is so real. I like to say that the invisible is a lot more times more real than our natural. So tell us a little bit about your God journey. And then we for sure need to hear all about... The vibrant survivor and the beautiful work that you do with that, too. But tell us a little bit about your God journey.
1: Well, I think for me, my God journey uh, is really uh, it's interesting. I grew up in a home where my mom was Catholic and my dad was Muslim. And I should say my mom is Catholic, my father's deceased, but my dad was Muslim. and My parents didn't really push us one way or the other growing up, my brother and I, and my older siblings actually are Muslim as well. But my younger brother and I, uh, we were kind of given the option to find our own way, I guess. And there were times when my mom took us to Catholic mass growing up. I grew up in St. Louis and we used to go to the cathedral and go to mass with my mother and also, some of my close friends growing up, our mothers were really close, and we would go to there was a local uh, church that had summer camp. And so we would go to the summer camp in addition to going to the services, especially on like special occasions, say, like Easter and things like that. And in true, you know preteen teen fashion, we were distracted, kind of snickering during service and passing notes and not really fully paying attention, but then we join in with the little choir things. And I think um, also some of the other influences early on were my dad's mom would have all, all of the cousins come over and spend the night at her house before Easter. And she played piano and was heavily involved in a local Baptist church. Mm -hmm. And she was very, very religious. And so she would have us all over and then she would do our hair, help us get all dressed up. And she would have us rehearse and deliver Easter speeches at her (laughs) Baptist church on Easter Sunday. So that was something that I did traditionally as a child. So a lot of just different experiences but nothing that really was deeply rooted, I should say. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't until I was older that I really uh, got on the path, you know, of really finding God for myself
0: <laughs> as yeah. an adult. Yeah.
1: And I think that really my walk with God, my journey with God, is best summarized by acts 17 24 through 28 where it says the god who made the world and everything in it is the lord of heaven and earth mm-hmm. and does not live in temples built by human hands and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything rather wow. he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else from yeah. one man he made on the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands I have a version that says the times and exact places where they should live.
0: Yeah.
1: God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him though. He is not far from any one of us for in him, we live and move and have our being as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. And that scripture (laughs) pretty much sums up my journey. Um, When I, even in college uh, I went to Georgetown University, so Jesuit University, and there were times when I would go to the masses on specific occasions, but again, nothing consistent, and I remember at one point, uh, a girl who was maybe a a year or so ahead of me, she had invited me to come to a Bible talk one night when we were crossing paths on campus, and uh, I told her I was busy, had stuff to do, (laughs) etc., and I kind of, you know, I I, (laughs) wasn't ready. And when I went to college, I mean, I, you know, I partied with my friends and, uh, you know, just kind of did my own thing. And, um, and I struggled a little bit at the beginning and then found my footing academically and gradually that got better. And uh, and I kind of developed a, a rhythm, and also had an internship with a uh, with Anheuser Busch at the time because I was from St. Louis. I had an internship with them, and so I was in the beer business too. So wow. um, that was kind of part of my life, and I think for a time it was kind of part of my identity and you know that culture, yeah, and the Boys Club and the, the beer and all of that. And when I graduated. Uh, part of the goal of the internship and and all of that was for me to get a job. So I landed a job with Anheuser Busch in sales and marketing, and basically I got paid to to go out and buy people beers and wow. and do promotions wow. in bars and clubs and and that sort of thing. And so they relocated me uh, to Los Angeles ultimately to start my career as a contemporary marketing rep. And so um, when I was out there in LA working in the beer business, my first job, and uh, meeting people, and just trying to get established as an adult. Uh, I remember one day I got, uh, there was a knock at the door, and I was I was renting a room from a, a couple who had a, a dog, a Dalmatian named Barney, and I would help them with the dog, and then, um, and some other things around the house, and, and I had a great little space in their lower level of their uh, townhouse with a view of the ocean and everything in Hermosa. And I was wonderful. And one day I, the doorbell rang and I, Barney and I went to answer the door and there was this dating couple and they invited me to church. And I was, and at the time I had gone through a horrible situation where I had gone to, you know, visit this guy that I had, you know, been involved with through my college career. And, um, and that was not a good situation. It, it really did not end well. And, I ended up leaving and was super devastated and just really spent a lot of time in my room and at the townhouse, like crying out to God, like, what is going on? Like, show me what to do. Like, why does this keep happening? And what is, you know, I literally was crying out to God in, in, mm-hmm. in my room and, you know, give me a sign, show me what to do. I, my way is not working, like relationally speaking, like yeah, yeah. these relationships aren't working. What, it, what am I supposed to do? Show me. And the the doorbell rang, uh, I think a week, I think it was a week later and it was this couple at the door and they invited me to church. The dog ran up to them and they were like, Oh, what a cute dog. What's his name? And I was like, Barney. And they looked at each other and kind of looked at me. And apparently they had this thing with like the Barney, the purple character. There was like some, some, they had some (laughs) inside joke with Barney. And so we, we talked and the upshot of it all was that, uh, the boyfriend, um, He agreed to come back and pick me up the next morning to take me to church because the girlfriend was working in the children's ministry. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, you're going to send your man to my house (laughs) to come pick me up and you're not coming (laughs) to take me to church. And that struck me as really odd. But at the Uh same time, I just thought, okay, well, I was just in a point at a point where I was like, desperate. I was like, I will, I'll go take me, please take me. Because yeah. I had been crying out to God the week before. So I looked at that as a big sign that I oh, needed for to just go. Sure. Yeah. And the, there was a whole lesson from Matthew 6 about do not worry. It was the beginning of the year that oh year. I think God. it was 1994. And um, anyway, so uh, this lady, Chrissy and I, we ended up uh, hanging out together. And I ended up studying the Bible with her a little bit. And then I moved. Um, I, I started traveling for work. And I was moving around a lot. And I ended up physically moving too. But during my travels, even I got reached out to, again, I went on a business trip to Colorado and I barely made the flight. I was panting and everything as I plopped down in my seat. And this couple next to me was talking, having this deep conversation. They were reading the Bible and discussing something. And eventually they turned to me, I forget if it was the husband or the wife, but they turned to me. And they were like, oh, you know, what are you doing? What brings you to Denver? Or what are you going to Denver for? And I said, oh, for business and this and that. And they ended up extending an invitation to me to church, to come to church. They're like, well, if you have time, like, you know, we're having a church service and we'd love for you to come and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I would, and I thought, wow. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I ended up, I had to go to like a ski town for a specific work thing, but it was just, it, it was the same, it was the same, uh. Ministry, but in a different location as the couple that had met me at my house. So, and I just thought, what are the odds? And then, um, I I went back and forth to LA and then would have to fly back out because I was in this heavy travel period. And so, my next trip, I flew to the Bahamas. And when I was in the Bahamas, I was working with a distributor there and we were doing spring break promotions. And uh, when I first got there, I was I went to the distributor's office and I had to wait for them to finish a meeting and I was sitting out in the reception area and the reception was, and I, the receptionist and I were chatting and during the course of our conversation, she was like, oh, you know, uh, you know what, what do you, what do you have going on? Um, I want to invite you to uh, church. We're, we're having a service tonight for midweek and I'd love for you to come out and I know you're working with the guys, but you know, if you, if you're able to, I'd love for you to come. Yeah. And I just about fell over in my chair. <laughs> I, was just, I mean, I'm sitting, and she's, this woman's got this accent and everything. Oh so I'm, I'm thinking, wow. And so she, I said, you know what? We have oh. promotions tonight and I'm not going to be able to make it. I said, but you know what? And she goes, you, I said, well, She's like, Yeah, it's a it's really great church. Da da da. And I I finally I was like, you know what? Would it happen to be? And I I and she goes, you know what? Yes. And so (laughs) and so I literally got in I got met by like a few different people in like three different locations geographically to come to church. And I thought, okay, God's trying to get my attention here. And so every time I came back and I would tell Chrissy, like (laughs) what happened to me on these business trips. And she was like, wow. Oh, God must really want your attention, like really trying yes. to reach reach out to you. And so when I got back uh, and my travel calmed down, I had to move. And so the couple that I was renting from, they sold the condo, and I ended up having to find someplace else to live. So I moved way out in the valley uh, from Hermosa beach. and but I got Chrissy help to connect me with a group of women out there that were part of the same. Uh, church and just a different ministry location so I ended up uh, going to church out there and actually sat down and I after all these experiences during the trip and this Acts 17 24 through 28 happening in my life I studied the bible with them and I ended up really going deep and working through a lot of of things in my life you know relationships I remember going back to people and apologizing for things, going back even to, to, um, to old boyfriends and apologizing for my part in the, you know, the downfall of the relationship. And, yeah. um, and some people were like, oh, Hey, no, no problem. No, no offense taken or not. You know, they were yeah. cool about it, but, but I had to do that for me and going back and having conversations with people and working through things and, uh, along the way, God was reinforcing the fact that I was on the right path. I was doing the right things. And he really put this incredible woman in my life who is kind of like a spiritual mom to me. And she, I felt like really embodied Jesus. Like this woman, this woman was incredible. Like she really held my hand as I, as all this unfolded and as I really went deep and really you know, rooted out like all of the, the sin in my life that was holding me back, that was hindering me in my relationships with other people, you know, not just God, but other people and, and really doing hard things like writing, writing out a a list and, and letters and, and dealing with my bitterness towards my dad and my anger. And it really was amazing because this woman had a lot of health issues. She literally was like the bleeding woman. And, literally like she would be like you know I mean I kid you not like she would be at a payphone at the time this was this was like obviously years ago but she would be like standing at a payphone like calling me to see how I was doing and buying you know like buying depends at the drugstore because she she had all these things going on with her health and I just you know she really is special to me. And she was a, such a big part of my life. And I told her many times, I said, I feel like you really embodied Christ, you know, in, mm-hmm. in our relationship. And it really inspired me. Like, I I just had never known that kind of love, sacrifice, friendship. Wow. And, you know, we don't talk all the time. Uh, and over the years, you know, she, um, you know, she eventually got, we both got married. And all of that and obviously I moved away from Los Angeles, but we when we do talk, I mean it's it's that same love. It's it's consistent. Yeah. And eventually uh I did get baptized and she helped baptize me and I called Chrissy and Chrissy came and helped baptize me. And I had Acts 17, 24 through 28 read. Yeah. And <laughs> I think that um because I felt like it kind of summed up my journey in yeah. terms of finding God and really, really finding God. And um, I'm just, and I'm grateful, and I see where even since then, you know, God, I've seen God work and move in my life, getting me, you know, putting it on my heart to get out of the beer business um, yeah. and to let let go of that that identity and to let go of that culture. Um, and also too, how making the decision to prioritize God and relationships over, say, success, career,, uh, money, you know, chasing other, you know, other things like that, uh, how God has blessed me, you know, when I left Anheuser-Busch and, um, and I enjoyed working there and I'm very grateful for that experience. I still keep in touch with some of my closer coworkers, even to this day who have also left, but it was, it felt like a family, you know, at that time. And that's what I needed at that time, I guess. And um, I'm grateful for those relationships in my life, but even in leaving that company. And when I started dating my husband, Um, I got, we got introduced in church through a mutual friend and me letting go of more things, letting go of the past, letting go of past relationships and letting go of the career because I was always really selfishly ambitious and always really, you know, career focused and letting go of those things and being more open, being more vulnerable, being more humble, Mm. uh, opened me up to be able to you know find love for myself that i had never known my husband meeting my husband uh dating him having him having a man treat me uh in a way that i had never known before loving me for me and eventually i mean he literally asked me to be his girlfriend and made a whole big to do about it and then gave me this fairy tale proposal uh-huh. that i would be a fool to to turn down yeah and really digging deep and looking past the hurts and the hangups and the walls and being able to really help kind of soften that and get through to me and, you know, earn that trust and being able to, you know, propose. And then, and then we, we had a a pure dating relationship and he, which I had never experienced that before. And he explained at the altar uh, why he did that. It was like, uh, I wanted you to, I wanted Leslie to know, he told the the crowd, we had a huge wedding. We had like a few hundred people there and a, a wow. wedding party of 18. And he said, I wanted you to know for the first time in your life, what it felt like to have a man love you for you.
0: Mm.
1: And he said that during the vows and shared that with the congregation and the, the people who were in attendance. And I just about fell out at the aisle or at the altar, yes. <laughs> but yes. you know. And so to be able to, to be able to see how God, you know, really put me exactly where I needed to be when I needed to be there. And there were times when I almost blew it. And I remember when I was really struggling, like kind of pining over a a past relationship and, um, I probably was dissatisfied with some things in my life. And I remember being in a, a leadership meeting, uh, during in church, I had, I had become like a Bible talk leader and, uh, one of the ladies in the leaders meeting, I, was like, you know what, I need to confess this. And I shared that I had been struggling. And one of the girls said something that really stopped me in my track. She's like, you know, at the, at the time I wasn't plant-based, but she she was like, (laughs) I love the analogy at the time. She said, you know, she goes, um, I appreciate you sharing and being vulnerable and, um, and opening up about that. And she goes, but here's the deal. She goes, God's trying to give you like prime rib. And you're like, Ooh, but I've got this big Mac. And it really stopped me in my tracks. I, at the time I thought, whoa. And I, I just, I mean, it really stopped me in my tracks to just, so even in that, you know, God using people to convey messages to me that I needed to hear at the right time. Wow. And, you know, and, and kind of almost saving me from myself, you know, repeating, you know, patterns that were not benefiting me in any way and not allowing me to be what God intended for me to be oh my gosh, it's been quite the journey and it's like to be continued. And, you know, and since then we've, you know, even as a, as a family, my husband and I have, you know, we, we've, um, you know, we've uh, chosen to uh, worship in a, in a different place. We, we moved and then we, we chose to worship uh, with a different group. And, um, but, uh, but still just still digging in, you know, yeah. reading, praying, you know, being willing at sometimes to wander in the desert for a little bit, yeah. you know, trying to, you know, teach our kids, to, you, know, ta- you know, teaching them and, um, and exposing them to God through, you know, t- kids ministry and, and, you know, teen ministry and camp and things like that. And, yeah. you know, but also kind of under letting them also kind of figure some things out and giving them some space to figure things out as well. Because I find that, you know, when you my experience has been, you know, when you really force the it it doesn't stick. And sometimes, you know, we all have to go on that journey. We have to go through the fire. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) I mean, this journey is is stunning and amazing. Thank you so much for vulnerably sharing it. I was looking up as you were sharing too, which is blowing my mind. I have Acts 17, 24, actually through 31 in the Passion Translation. But mm-hmm. as you we were sharing, like there's a specific part that says he sets the boundaries of people and nations determining their appointed times in history, but he has done this so that every person would long for God, feel their mm-hmm. way to him and find him for he is the God who is easy to discover. It is through him that we live and function and have our identity. So I love that part because it's almost like you were being like wooed into finding him and discovering him. Like he was easy to find, like he was making it so you couldn't miss him, which is so cool to like hear this part. (laughs) But then it also says that he commands us all to repent and turn to him, right? In the past, Mm -hmm. God tolerated our ignorance of these things, but now the time of deception has passed away. So I just love this because there was like this journey of making amends and repentance that he had you on too to give Mm -hmm. you these sweet, sweet, Beautiful blessings that you could actually receive. Like the blessing in your husband, the blessing in being able to really know and experience love for yourself and be mm-hmm. seen in that. It's just so stunning. I love it. Oh my goodness. So, read the Passion Translation too if you've not read that version. <laughs>
1: I have not, but thank you for sharing that. I'll have to look at that one because I think sometimes that helps too when you, sometimes you need to hear things in different translations. I have a concordance that has multiple
0: translations,
1: but uh, it's a New Testament concordance, but I think always listening to different translations helps to drive the message home.
0: For sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. And this one is specifically written to really drive us into God's heart. So it's Oh, it's powerful. But I want <laughs> to transition. I mean, this is amazing, but I want to transition to into the work that you do with the vibrant survivor, because right now it's like, man, you have this beautiful God story. How in the world are you teaching what you teach in the vibrant survivor? Like, bring us up to speed. How does this even make sense? Right?
1: <laughs> well, I think it, going back to Acts 17, God has you know determined the times and places where yeah. I've lived and and the people that I have encountered and through that he has revealed a lot to me about who I am and uh, who and what I've been dealing with over the course of my life and I but of course the this knowledge came to me through a couple of really jarring uh, encounters with people who did not have my best interests at heart to say the least Mm -hmm. um and i basically i went through a situation i i share my story on on uh the vibrant survivor but the way that i came to that i've always been not always but i i grew up um you know kind of conventionally and uh, my dad had lived in California so he was kind of into health and wellness to a certain degree he always worked out and he had a very uh a diverse uh like his diversity in in his palate and but I basically grew up in the midwest like on beef and you know whatever and uh when when I um my husband and I went through a situation where my my mother-in-law was uh, diagnosed with cancer where I took her out of the country to do alternative therapy uh, for her cancer. And she was given, uh, you know, six months to live, I think. And I took her out of the country and we did um, Gerson therapy and I was her buddy. And I made a commitment to kind of go all in with her. And that was another one of those moments where God, God was really speaking to me through Um, Charlotte Gerson herself at the time this was like back in 2000 and uh and also the people there that we met at the um at the Oasis Hospital and they're doing wonderful work there and um and so I went through the therapy or learned how to administer the therapy by staying there with my mom my mother-in-law for two weeks and at the end of our time together I had been eating what everybody else was eating and and doing the things Right. And I, I got some. I noticed benefits to in my health and well being. You know, wow. just you know, clarity of mind, better sleep, my skin yeah. uh, was really clear and smooth. My nails were strong. My, um, I, I didn't have the digestive issues I had struggled with for so long. I felt really healthy, energetic, and and vibrant. Really, yeah. and I wasn't even doing it to the extent that she was because she was the patient. So I, you know, gave room for her to really be the patient, and I was caring for her with the guidance of the staff. And at the end of our time together, I told my husband, I said, I can't come home. I was like, we have toxic food in our house. And I I prayed about it across the street. There's a bull ring. And I ended up walking around the bull ring and praying. I was like, God, I know you're trying to tell me something. I need to change my life. Like, this is another moment where I really needed to make some big changes. It was a big defining moment in my life. And I was like, okay, you know, I, I clearly, I'm not doing things the way that I need to be doing them. And you're trying to get through to me and, um, and I'm here for it, you know, type thing. And I,
0: yeah.
1: uh, you know, I was like, you know, and obviously I pray for my mother-in-law and her health and for her to even possibly re- to be able to reverse her condition, which you yeah. know, we weren't able to. Um, and one of the things she said to me last was, Hey, this may not save my life, but hopefully it can change yours. Oh my and, goodness. I, you know, I, we watched her pass away and I'd never watched anybody pass away before. And it just really was life-changing. So that kind of started my health journey. And this was like 20 some odd years ago. So my husband and I, we changed our diet, lifestyle, everything. I cut all my hair off. Like I went through this entire transformation from a health wellness perspective. And through that, I, um, you know, later, you know, I got, and it, it kind of, um, it informed the way that I. Say, handled my pregnancies and birthed my children. I water birthed both my kids. I had my son at home. I breastfed for four years straight. So I went through this whole, you know, I've been on this whole health and wellness journey for over two decades. And through that, I've also gotten involved, say, in the plant based uh, community um, and vegan community here locally uh, in Phoenix, and also just, you know, different events and things like that. And, uh, We, there was a situation here in Phoenix where, uh, there was, you know, a man who had infiltrated the community and who had, you know, kind of gotten involved in, you know, in, with different people in different capacities. And, uh, and I moderated a panel discussion that he was a part of. He was one of the panelists and, um, and along with some other influencers and, uh, he had asked me to help him with some other projects, and he had also been given a lot of opportunities to speak, be, appear on TV, on the doctors, and different things like that, and uh, Christmas of uh, 2017, um, he allegedly, uh, you know, he allegedly took out his family, and um so he has been sitting in Maricopa County Jail ever since, and that was a huge wake-up call for me, and that was kind of an introduction for me to, like, big-time uh, PTSD. Like, I, you know, panic attacks, you know, hi- major hypervigilance, yeah. uh, it really shook my body. Um, the Just the news, even, of that I wasn't there at the scene, but I'm, the, the news of this just really rattled me. And just the idea of being in that close proximity to someone um, who allegedly would do something like that uh, was really, oh, I can't even describe it. There's <laughs> alexithymia, yeah, but it, it's, it was just overwhelming. Yeah, break
0: down what that is for some people too, because they might not know what that is, but alexithymia, can't,
1: right? Yeah, it's a term, it's actually a term where you, when you cannot find the words to describe the trauma that you've experienced. Right. Like you're literally at a loss for words. And I know that one of the things that I've really tried to do on my journey and with the Vibrant Survivor is to help other people find language for the trauma that they've experienced. And, uh, so. And for people that aren't
0: familiar too, tell them what the Vibrant Survivor is and what you do uh, there. And then also what you started to notice about this gentleman as well because obviously the trauma of this is what you just said being in so Mm -hmm. close proximity with somebody that is capable of showing up like this and causing such uh, awful Mm -hmm. ugly things right Mm -hmm. so how how Mm -hmm. does one even process that let alone like how did you even get access to that it's really scary to think about so tell people what you do in vibrant survivor just so they have context and then a little bit more about this journey that you've been on because this was just the start of something (laughs) it really was
1: it was it was a big awakening the vibrant survivor is a podcast that i started and the purpose is to help survivors to disconnect and heal after narcissistic abuse yeah and uh through you know through this Uh, this whole situation I mean obviously there were plenty of other people that were impacted by this but um, but it's interesting because uh, I I was uh, I've been on camera as a commercial actress and model for over two decades and done hosting and one of my actress friends in Los Angeles she told me once uh, years ago she said whatever it is you're supposed to do it's been with you your whole life And I think for a long time, I have, I tried to kind of pattern my path after other people maybe who were further along than I was, say, for example, in the acting and, but then I'm in a smaller market. And so the opportunities are not the same. And I even went to LA for a while and I went and tried to do acting there. My husband's like, Hey, just go, go for it. The kids are really small, go do it. And I went, did it. And then something came up, you know, my husband's health suddenly took a a horrible turn for the worse. And I had to come home before the time that he had allotted me uh, to do this, to go and and be in LA and and make connections and work and all of that. And I did, I did, you know, I had an agent and I was booking jobs and and making connections, but I had to, I had to put the brakes on and it was so hard for me. But I, what I realized later was, I, I think that um uh, you know i've I've all I think that I was trying to, you know make some things work that maybe weren't intended for me. And I believe that what's meant for you, you know, no one can take that away from you. and uh, and I did, I healed and recovered from the disappointment of of having to pull things, pull the plug on my activities in Los Angeles, you know, as an actor and all of that earlier than I would have liked. But I see where even situations like what happened, you know, here in Phoenix, you know, it's that that was really shell-shocking. It was, it was really a uh, dramatic kind of a situation. Yeah. But also when I'd run into some other people and who I experienced, you know, similar type things with where, you know, there were a group of people who were duped and and tricked and conned, scammed, um, and uh, and through that uh I had because of the after the uh, murders I actually went into therapy. I went back into therapy. I hadn't yeah. been to therapy in a while and I went back into therapy. I was like, okay, I need to talk to somebody about this. And yeah. the therapist actually, she when I told her why I was there, she fell across her desk and she's like, oh my gosh, I I know that case or I heard about that case or <laughs> I thought, oh gosh. Yeah. And so I worked through a lot of things through talk therapy. But I also um from a holistic standpoint, I I um I went I turned to some other modalities too for like kind of a full body experience like I remember going and floating, I remember, um, you know getting body work done and doing other things I went to trauma yoga I didn't even know that that existed and I found, I forget who referred me to that but I went to this studio where they specialized in trauma yoga. And I went to trauma yoga. I even felt traumatized driving there. <laughs> I was like my PTSD was kicking in even on the way there. But I was like, I'm determined to get there because I had already I had been doing yoga for a long time, but not trauma yoga. But um so I through trying to heal from the from this traumatic experience, uh, I, you know, turned to different holistic modalities. And I mean I threw everything at it. <laughs> and um and it really and I think also, too, doing the inner work of you know trying to kind of get back to myself. And you know, I took some courses and kind of did a lot of reading and studying. And actually, it was someone uh, really close to me who was the who was the one who introduced me to the term after I realized that there was another significant narcissistically abusive relationship in my life, uh, malignant, yeah. covert. Um, someone had mentioned the term narcissist to me and I didn't even know, I hadn't even heard that term. I didn't even know what it was. I was like, what's that? And so I, that sent me on a deep dive and as I was reading and studying and learning more about narcissism and narcissistic abuse, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, I saw myself and I saw these experiences in that. And then I started recognizing other experiences and relationships that were in my life. And um, as I kind of healed from the the ptsd from kind of two back-to-back situations that were kind of traumatizing and jarring and shocking um i went i decided to enroll in a hosting workshop and i went to la and stayed with a friend to do that and while i was even there we were she was also um a life coach and uh she had she had asked me before i left for the trip she was like you know What is it with you and these folks, you know, what's going on? And so when I was in the car on the way, speaking of, you know, act 17, when I was on the car on the way to LA from Phoenix, I was praying. I was like, God, you know, I don't know what's going on with me. I know that my friend asked me like, what's going on with you and these narcissists, like what is the deal with, with that? And I don't know what it is. Would you please just show me while during the time that I'm here, I'm going here for the hosting workshop and to learn from this, you know, this expert, but I also want to find out what's going on. Like help me to uncover the truth, reveal the truth to me. Mm. And that first night I was there, um, we were, um, we were swimming and hanging out and talking uh, late night. And it was like the night before the workshop. And she was asking me in the pool. She's like, what do you think it is with you and these narcissists? And I was like, I don't know. And I, we kind of she kind of asked me a series of questions yeah. And then it hit me in the pool. I was like, oh, <gasps> dad was a narcissist. <gasps> and so was oh. his Nana. Or, and, you know, and so was my grandmother. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I just started bursting into tears in the pool. Oh. And I almost, I almost went under in the deep end. Oh um, and thank God for the unicorn floaty. I was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the pool. I was like, I, I literally, I was so overwhelmed. I remember looking up at the sky and just like, and just literally almost going under and swallowing like a whole bunch of water. I was so overwhelmed. Uh, and i I realized that I had grown up surrounded by this. Yeah. and and that that's why I didn't see it because I was surrounded by it. I was crying. My friends like, "Well, now you know, boo. <laughs> so
0: and thanks I, for that.
1: <laughs> yeah. and and I mean, she was a very insightful, very intuitive person. and i I'm intuitive also, but, you know, when you grow up around that, you don't see it, and okay. I I realized that okay, that's why I I didn't I didn't see it in these other people, these significant situations that you know that I was in. I didn't realize it because it felt like quote unquote home.
0: Yes, like it was familiar to your body. Yes, makes sense. Yes. Like I think this is so interesting. Cause we we have this in common, right? So. I was in a relationship with a narcissist that led me to the Lord. And I, similar to you, had no idea what that word was, but I, in a lot of ways, like you was like, God, help me crack the code. Like, what am I experiencing? I don't know what I'm up against. I need discernment. This is crazy. This is spiritual warfare. It's so many things like help me. And then I kind of went on like a a binge of like hunting down information that he led me to. And I was like, oh my God, I see my life in this, but it's so interesting because typically And this is the part that a lot of people can't get is that it's smart, powerful, independent, right? High achieving, really like brilliant women that face this. And then there can be this, this moment of like, how did I encounter this? Or like, why does this keep happening? Like, how do I keep missing it? That can totally destroy self-trust, let alone trust in other people. And then you can kind of wonder where God is too. So I just love that you brought God into this and that you asked for help and you brought it forth immediately. But can you speak to that a little bit too, how it's, I mean, you were sharing that this was programmed into your backstory, which is what God showed you. You're like, no wonder, like this is why I've overlooked these things or I tolerated things that were not okay, or I didn't have these boundaries, but Mm -hmm. some kids might not even have that in their family. What were some like key things that God was showing you about why this happened or how?
1: happened? Well, I think that, well, I think on the one hand, and my brother and I, have, my younger brother and I have talked about this. We've had some conversations about this and he definitely has some opinions, but I know that, well, there are a few things. I think that obviously there's, I can point to and identify the trauma, like in my family and my upbringing and. Different things that happened uh, growing up along the way on both sides of my family, really. My mom experienced trauma growing up. My father did as well, horrible things. And so I see where they were a product of, you know, the environment that they grew up in. I was not taught healthy boundaries. I was not taught how to pick a friend. I was not, uh, my boundaries weren't respected even growing up in the home just as an individual, And it's, you know, obviously as a child, I mean, you, you know, your parents are raising you, they have a responsibility and all of that to, to take care of you and take care of your needs and et cetera and so forth. But, but at the same time, there were times when I spoke up or said, Hey, I'm, you know, i am got to do my homework right now. And my dad's like, no, come here, come here. I'm, I'm come here. You have to see this. You have to see this. And he would do it with my mom, do it with me. He would pit me, pit me against my mom kind of in, in different kind of indirect, kind of passive ways um, like say with cooking like if I cook something for dinner because my mom was working on her master's degree and my dad would rave about how my cooking was so much better than my mom I mean all kinds of things like even things like that that I can see it now but I couldn't see it then but I wasn't I wasn't taught healthy boundaries and not only that but like even little things like going to go give uh you know the the drunk relative, uh, a hug and a kiss, and where I felt re- hesitant, like, no, mm, no, I don't want to, you know, but then it's like, no, go give them, go, go, go. Yeah. And even little things like that, little compromises like that. So, yeah. one thing that I realized is there's this, there's this cultural betrayal, there's this betrayal that happens within the family. There's, yeah. and then also, too, I've experienced cultural betrayal along the yeah. way growing up. Um, and in addition to that, self betrayal. Yes. And I think that, I think that where God can help is, you know, when God gives you that Holy spirit, mm-hmm. where the spirit will tell you like what you need to do and yes. will give you, will, will poke at you <laughs> yeah. and, and, and send you messages. And I think a lot of times I, I have been, I betrayed myself by not listening to the Holy spirit. Yes. that I was given when I got baptized and yeah. I've, and that's something that I've really kind of um, taken a bit of a dive into more recently is, is the betrayal um, aspect of things. And I was, I realized at one point, I was like, you know, I, I betrayed myself in a lot of ways. Yeah. I knew that I, sh- you know, something told me and, and obviously from act 17, we see that, you know, that God, you know, gave us life and breath and everything else. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we have our gut, you know, there's a gut brain connection, you know, yeah. we talk about trusting your gut, go with your gut. And, yeah. you know, God gave us our gut. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there have been a lot of times where even with some of the narcissists in my life, where I I called it, I, I said, you know, you, you have trust issues, or you've got the yes. abandonment issues and where the narcissist literally said you know what that's you're probably right but i but then i continued on in yeah. the relationship even when i saw things that seemed a little off or say when i caught the lie but i explained it away even in my own mind nobody no one else forced me to but i rationalized it in my own mind or fed into the familiarity of it yeah. and And went with it anyway, because it felt familiar. And I thought, okay, well, and you think about all the, all the family members or people that maybe you grew up with that you gave a pass to for whatever reason, because they were family. Well, we're family, we have to stick together and, and where you are self-betraying because you are, while you're rationalizing and, and, you know, you're, you're making excuses or maybe even struggling with co- that cognitive dissonance, you know, where yes. you like, you see things where you're like, you can't quite reconcile everything, and yeah. you're um, and and you're you're betraying, you end up betraying yourself ultimately. And I think that I've always been a truth teller. I've always asked the questions. Like even growing up, I was like, why, wow. what's going on with the family? Why is no one talking about this? Like, what's what's happening here? And no one had an answer. No one wanted to discuss it or yeah. explain it away. And yep. I've always been that way. And I think that now that I, having come to this knowledge and this awareness about what I was dealing with my entire life, in addition to what was the the significant kind of, uh, the really defining relationships that I experienced as an adult that were big wake-up calls for me, I thought, oh, it's on. We're truth-telling here.
0: Yeah. it's
1: It's happening. And no one can tell me like, You know, growing up, I heard messages like, oh, well, don't put our business in the street. We'll uh, just, you know, keep it, keep it in the family. Don't talk about that. And that's one of the characteristics of a narcissistic family is the the whole, this whole concept of don't air our dirty laundry. Just keep that in our family. Don't go talking to other people about this. Well, how's anybody going to get help and healing if no one talks about it? And everybody's literally, you know, self imploding, destroying each other. you know what I'm saying? It's a mess. Dying early because of health-related issues, because of toxic coping mechanisms, perhaps. So no one's getting, no one's helped by that. The only thing that it helps is the person's ego who's perpetrating, enabling, or, you know, who's actually inflicting the
0: abuse. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Oh my gosh. I so resonate with this too, because I know there was a point in, in healing specifically with God where it's like, there was kind of like first the obsession of like i was led to this information and it's blowing my mind that that's what i was up against and felt totally totally like ill-equipped to deal with that i just had no idea that somebody that dark could be operating but then he took me on this healing journey too of seeing the parts of me that were unhealthy that allowed this in my life right because to your point it's like i did know I did see that I did turn a blind eye to it, or I didn't assert myself, but why? Or like the self-betrayal is huge, right? I believe that a lot of times we talk about self-sabotage over here. (laughs) So Mm self-betrayal is usually a door to all of the self-sabotage that we have, where you don't listen to yourself. You don't assert your voice. You don't take up space. You don't really know yourself. You let other people kind of like use and abuse you or not treat you well, There's so many things connected to that, but he had me on this journey of starting to uncover all of those things that I could start identifying what healthy love looks like. And I don't know if we can actually find that out apart from God. (laughs) I don't think I could have, right? But it was very much, Mm -hmm. okay, this is what healthy love looks like. And this similar to you here in your past is where that came from, right? So I was raised by a workaholic, an alcoholic, like all the ics, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had them. So it was basically like deny yourself, betray yourself, abandon yourself, right? And just live for these people no matter how crazy they show up. Mm-hmm. And just make make them look good was sort of like the mission. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. keep it in the house, but make them look good. Like keep appearances. It's almost like the more perfect it is, like the worse it is on the inside, but like make it look good. And then mm-hmm. you learn to be inauthentic, which similar to you, I'm a truth teller too. I'm like, but I can't though. Like, I don't fully know the path, but I also know that this ain't it. So what do we <laughs> do? Right. So I just, I love this part because there is a way out and like, God is so faithful in like telling you the information that you need to know, like revealing truth to you. Like he answered that prayer and then leading you to like the therapists or the coaches or the people that can help you even if it's a modality too, like, I actually had gone through like yoga and sound therapy and so many other things too, similar to you, just to like literally get this out of my body and actually becoming safe, like creating like a safety inside my body. Cause I didn't feel like a safe place to be right. Mm -hmm. You're, you're taught to run from yourself. So being at home with yourself, you're like, how does that work? You know what I mean? (laughs) So these different things, I'm curious to hear how God started teaching you healthy things, because that really looks like the journey of a vibrant survivor. It's like, okay, this is toxic, unhealthy, dysfunctional. I'm starting to understand where it came from and why I was almost a magnet for it. But now realizing that what's the new journey so that I can have and enjoy my life and that this doesn't have to be, you know, the, the most epic part of it. It just was the beginning of something that God is doing. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh Talk a little bit about that part. Like God works it all for good, which is not something that you get because you can, when you've gone through something so terrible and traumatizing, you can get stuck in the trauma or stuck just in the information seeking or that desperation to know and understand you can live there for years Uh at a time, which is really not good. (laughs) Right. And that's only Uh a part of the journey is getting that information. But then the rest of it is like healing and recovering so that you can serve and not Uh stay silent. Do you know what I mean? You can also become like a blessing in the stories of other people.
1: Yes. Yes. And I think that that ties in with the answered prayer, say, for example, of praying on the way to LA, connecting with my friend who had told me years ago that whatever it is you're supposed to do, it's been with you your whole life. And I think not trying to force, I think it gave me permission. I think through that, God gave me permission to. Speak my truth, something yeah. that I had not been given the, I had not been allowed to do before, at least not without consequence. Yes. Because the times that I had tried to speak my truth to, or as uh, people in the the trauma space will say, to know what I know, yeah. <laughs> when I, when I was not allowed to know what I know or know what I or
0: what deny I do. what you know. That's what you
1: exactly. Were That's the idea, and it's um. I think being given that permission to know what I know and to know where I've been, what I've been through, how far I've come yeah. and seeing the ways that God's worked and moved. It just gave me permission to, to speak my truth. And also whatever I think to whatever it is that you're supposed to do, it shouldn't feel like drudgery I'm not saying that it's not going to be hard work and that you don't have to put work in but that it it should it'll flow out of you yeah in an in a way that in a sense is effortless and I think I've always been a healer I've always been an intuitive person I actually uh, did a stint as a massage therapist uh, at a high-end spa and I know a lot of people were really worried you know about me and these are people even in church that were worried about me being a sponsor Oh, that's kind of sensual. what do you think uh-huh. Uh-huh. and i said well i think that jesus i said well my bible says that jesus touched people it doesn't say for how long and where he touched them and who they were or how young or old they were but he touched a lot of people and healed them and i think if i go at it with that intention that mm-hmm. that Ener- and we were taught in massage school that energy follows intention. Mm-hmm. And I believe that to be true. And I, if I approach each session with that heart, uh, the heart to heal and to, to, in that sense, you know, be like Jesus, that, yeah. um, that it will just flow out of me. And I never got a complaint during the time that I worked as a massage therapist. And I'm, I mean, I worked on high end clients in a, in an exclusive, uh, club and spa and, I never got a complaint, and everybody who got up off the table, whether it was a celebrity or whether it was, you know, somebody who was more local, um, all different, you know, walks of life backgrounds, never got a complaint, and I think that's why, because I went, I approached it with the right heart, and I think because, you know, God had kind of planted those seeds in me early on and on along my journey, and I think that, uh, I think now just, I think as I've gotten older, I've just realized like, I don't have to pattern my life. It's okay to, to do things a little differently and to not put, like put myself even in a box. And, and I know as an actor, you know, sometimes people will get pigeonholed, you know, into certain roles or whatever, but to, to know that it's okay. I've always believed that God had bigger things. Yeah planned for me and that this wasn't the end all be all like say doing commercials or whatever i enjoy doing commercials and i love my clients and and have worked with a lot of wonderful people and have learned a lot through that and i think there's even a a healing aspect to that too Uh, acting and improv and um and all of that movement and um and having a bubble making your bubble big (laughs) expanding your bubble and um so I just think giving myself permission after a while, especially as things maybe weren't quite coming together in the way that maybe I I thought they should, yeah. to speak my truth and to be able to use my talents mm-hmm. and my journey in a way that's purposeful and passion-filled yeah. and yes. productive and, and healing to others and and on a bigger scale and there's so many needs out there and i think even getting validation from god a lot of times we seek validation from people i know i grew up seeking approval and being a you know more of a people pleaser i know some people don't like that term but you know but seeking validation and approval from other people yeah. and uh and i think even as i took steps to heal and also to kind of deep dive into say, uh, you know, health and wellness and, you know, getting trauma, uh, certified. I think God put people in front of me again, in the spirit of act 17, I met so many people along the way who have said, oh my gosh, I, I need, I need your help or, oh my gosh, I'm going through something, or I just got out of this situation or, oh, you're, this is so needed. Um, I was walking my dog the other day, even and this, uh, my neighbor that just recently moved in across the street, you know, he's a single dad and we were out walking our dogs and it was dark outside, but he recognized me and he actually called out to me and our dogs were kind of interacting. And he was like, Oh, Hey, I, you know, it's me from across the street. He's, he's, he's new. And I didn't recognize him in the dark because the sun had set already, but, uh, we were talking and I told him he ended up asking, he's like, so what do you, you know, what do you do? or whatever?" And I told him, and he's like, oh my gosh, he goes, I just went through a, I went through a horrible divorce. And I knew he was a single dad, but he was really, he and others have validated my experience. I've met people in so many different places, cafes, out walking the dog, you know, in church, in, (laughs) you know, even in the programs that I've been in, like, because I did a lot of, I went into full-on education mode during the pandemic. And even in the programs that I'm in, I've met people who, or survivors and, or who are actively going through things. And um, as it turns out, I, there's somebody really close to me, one of my besties, I've been helping her for over a decade dealing with um, a narcissistic ex-husband and, and, and different things like that that along her journey, child custody battles and whatnot, and, and supporting her along the way and guiding her, or just even helping her to make sense of what she was going through or dealing with. And I've so it's, it's been in me and been with me along the way the whole time. And then, you know, recently I've been getting more and more validation from people. And I believe that God has put those people in my life at the right time when I was maybe having thoughts like, really, is this even a thing?
0: Well, there's so many things that I want to reinforce. One, it's like to to embracing your weird is what I'll say to that is that God actually calls us peculiar people, right? So it's like you have full permission. (laughs) If anybody (laughs) is curious about like what all these multifaceted parts of yourself are and like how you express them in the world, like God said, you're peculiar. You've got permission to own your weird and put it in the world. But there's two things too. It says that the gifts and talents that he gives us are irrevocable. So it's so beautiful that it's your friend has validated that like, whatever you're meant to do, it's been with you all along, right? Sort of like a Dorothy element, right? (laughs) Like you've had it with you the whole time, darling, like that whole idea, but it's like your gifts and talents can operate anywhere, but man, do they flow when you're actually on this path that he ordained for your life? Because it also says out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. that's this grace that's this anointing to do what you're here to do and to your point like it just flows these other things it's like you would get along to a point and then it wouldn't work or it's like you were expecting it to like evolve or open and it didn't fully open and you're like what is wrong like this is so frustrating but it's like when you get in your zone of genius, if you will, God sends these divine helpers, these divine connections, these people that validate your gifts, these people that are pulling on that anointing, and be like, oh my gosh, I need exactly what you have to offer, and is is almost like, hey, keep going, hey, keep going, you're on the right path. Like it's just like yes. this beautiful evolution that just did not happen in any other journey right and man did we try but it just didn't open and then when you get in this zone of genius it's so validating all the way through it is work but it's not in efforting it's like a okay I'll trust you this is uncomfortable for me but I'll trust you (laughs) right Mm -hmm. it's like okay I'll definitely step out I'll take up more space I'll make that connection I'll tell the neighbor my story and tell them what I do do you see what I'm saying and it Expansive as you keep going and as you keep trusting him. It's like our experiences just get validated as we stay in agreement with his path and his plan. So powerful.
1: It really is. And I think, to your point, I think that it's a really good place to be in because I knew that I think being able to not say, hold a a grudge about. The things that have happened along the way that maybe were not what I expected or what maybe what I wanted, you know, and, or the way that things didn't, things didn't pan out the way that I even set them up to, (laughs) to go like, I'll I'll do the work and set it all up. But I think being able to, I think one of the really defining healing moments for me was just being able to really look at everything even recently and to see how far I've come, how things have evolved and with gratitude yeah. as opposed to having, you know, have it, having a grudge about, you know, holding a grudge about the things that didn't pan out, having a heart of gratitude. And even to the point of being able to express my gratitude, I was, I was telling my bestie, cause we've been through a lot together on our journey and we helped each other quite a bit. Along the way, and being able to say, and we used to have what we used to call workshops where we would discuss (laughs) these—they were narcissistically abusive relationships that we just could not figure out what was going on. And I, and I told her, I said, I I just—I never thought I'd come to the point where I would either say, think, or type that I am grateful for the people who burn me with their bad behavior, and whether it was family. Yeah. Fake friends, yeah. uh, strangers, all of it. And it all came together in a really be- it's come together in a beautiful way that I am grateful for because I can see so so much need and I can use those talents that I've cultivated over the years on camera yeah. to be able to help people in a meaningful way. Yeah. and that feels really good
0: yeah. and
1: it's not it's not necessarily glamorous
0: yeah
1: uh but it feels really good and I feel grateful to be able to do that
0: and humbled right like it's I'm hearing Mm -hmm. it's it's more so the heart of it. Like there might've been some other things earlier in your career that you were seeking it out maybe for significance or something, but the heart is very different. Like I genuinely want to serve. I want to see these people transform. I want to see them get to a place of gratitude. I want them to experience personally, right? That God Mm -hmm. works all things for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Like he does that. And that's not just a promise. That's something that you can experience firsthand. I think that that is, so beautiful that, that God can bring you to this place of impossibility, right? Like he makes the impossible possible for you. Like, I I, I think similar to you, I'm like, I can't even hate the relationship or the person I was in a relationship with because he led me to God, like for real, for real. Like I can't, I'm so grateful, right? Like my whole life is different because of that relationship. Mm-hmm. right and like had i not woken up to that degree like what would my life look like i don't even know but it wouldn't be the one i'm living today right i definitely wouldn't possess the the same level of peace or freedom or boldness or whatever it might be i definitely wouldn't have access to that right so it's just mm-hmm. phenomenal to to get to this place of i'm not in these trauma loops anymore i'm not ruminating on it i'm not researching this information or hating somebody and spending all this energy being so resentful and unforgiving it's like mm-hmm. i'm free now and i'm releasing that freedom releasing that transformation releasing that breakthrough to mm-hmm. other people and like how radical is that right like you probably never even thought that that was possible and in really a small period of time it's like god accelerated your journey hmm Right like it really hasn't been like that much time, like he's been preparing you your whole life in terms of the skill set right and mm-hmm. experience and building you, but in terms of like the healing, that was like a quick work relatively
1: yes i mean once i once I had that big aha moment and kind of pieced everything together, yeah it things just fell into place in a very powerful way, and yeah. i'm I'm very grateful, and it's. It's just it's an amazing feeling. and yeah. I, I still I know that <laughs> I know that you <laughs> to your point, you can get lost uh, researching a lot. and of course, I, I think that one of the I think that um, it's important for me to continue to study and learn and all yeah. of that. there's there's so much to learn about trauma and yeah. um, and wellness and all of that. and Uh, So I do, and I'm, I consider myself a lifelong learner and, you know, the, the information is always changing. So, um, so I think for that reason, but it's, it's, it's cool to be able to approach it from that aspect, as opposed to the, the desperation and the looping and the, the scramble, you know, the, just binging on, you know, on content to, that will just for that validation, you know, and to I've be heard, kind of yeah. in a different place to be able to use it for, use it for greater good. So now when I, <laughs> now I, I, I still research, but it's to, it's to provide information, to empower, to inspire, to yeah. educate versus, you know, that self, this more self-validation
0: the and and the
1: desperation.
0: Yeah. I was, there's a lot of, Times that I've heard people in these just awful situations, whether it's having lost a loved one or Mm -hmm. going through a really difficult journey of some kind, and they'll first ask, why me? And then Mm -hmm. it's always been profound because they get to this place, well, why not me? And Mm -hmm. then they start seeing God reveal so much and can really go on a very different journey with him. And I'm like, oh my God, like, how do they ever get to this? Why not me? Right? Like, how does one even process that? Like, of course, like you're the one, like God is trusting you with your pain almost. And I'm like, oh, that's a stretch, right? Because like when you're in it, you're like, oh, I don't think I can receive that. But like, if you're willing or just curious Mm -hmm. to explore, like how can God use this? He will show you truly miraculous things that you don't even see coming. So I love even the distinguisher between being desperate for information to kind of like really understand the wiring of the darkness, right? But then getting to a point of, no, I actually just want to empower because now I'm healed, Mm -hmm. right? Very different approaches to like one being like, I'm going to like one up this person by being smarter. (laughs) Like (laughs) another one being like, oh, like I'm okay. I'm whole, this actually can't hurt me, right? Mm -hmm. And now Mm -hmm. I can forgive and I can empower people with information that will truly serve them.
1: And it's not easy. And that's going to look different for everybody. And I try to honor... I, you know, honor that in myself, like being really gracious and, and, and patient with myself yeah. and cause healing is not linear. I mean, I, I say he, I always say healing is a journey. It's, it's not a race, you know, it's like your, your journey is your own.
0: Yes. So
1: walk your path at your pace. Yes. That's what I say.
0: I love and, that.
1: Yes. It's, it's a journey. And it's 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 not a linear one it's not a straight line and um some people's paths are rocky i mean no one no one can tell you uh how far to walk where to walk what kind of shoes to wear what kind of outfit to put on yeah you know what i mean it's it's you know do i put my airpods in or do i wear beats i mean you, no right. one can tell you how to do that and and that's part of the beauty of it and that's what makes us uniquely us it's yeah. you know everyone's different and everybody's everybody's um response to the trauma that they've experienced for example is different and yeah. so that that has to be honored too and uh but i think it's a beautiful thing to be able to not only kind of get your you know get yourself out of that that loop and to get to higher ground but to be able to help to turn and help other people along the way and you can do that at any point I mean when my bestie and I were helping each other we were both in it (laughs) we were in it in different we were in it in different ways and I just think that's the beauty of it is being able to you know being able to start with and that's kind of part of um that's part of a trauma-informed approach is starting where you are with what you've got and coming from a place of okay what do I have to work with here yeah. And anybody can do that. Even the, even the people who hurt you, <laughs> they can do that too. They can yeah. start with, where they are with what they've got. So yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. thing.
0: Very, I love that. Cool. It's almost like we we never arrive, right? We're always in process. Right. Like we just have to stay on the potter's wheel. <laughs> right. Some seasons feel like more violent or do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> hard than others. Right. But then there's also these hills and valleys, but he gives you hinds feet. I love that scripture, right? Like he, he mm-hmm. takes you to higher ground when you're dealing mm-hmm. with really deep, hard things. Like he keeps you somehow above it in his perspective or in his wisdom or in his counsel, whatever that is, so that you can mm-hmm. not just be in it, but grow mm-hmm. through it. And that's truly the blessing because you can share to your point a word of encouragement, a nugget of wisdom, literally how you're feeling that day that just lets somebody know that like, you're not alone. Like that's everything when you're going through that stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. I, I, and I say that a lot. That's, um, that's kind of one of my, one of my signatures. It's like, you're not alone and you're not crazy. know who you're dealing with, know who you are.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Which those Mm -hmm. are
0: the things that this person, like when you're in that situation, you're like, I'm nuts. How did I miss this? What's wrong with me? You know what I mean? I'm broken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The voice can be so overwhelming. So it's just such a powerful thing when you have somebody that can just affirm you.
1: So it really is.
0: I love. So tell us more about what you're up to now. And then I have a final question for you as well.
1: Well, I can, I can be found on the Vibrant Survivor podcast, and I publish episodes weekly and talk about all different aspects of uh, narcissistic abuse, um, and basically, as I mentioned before, the purpose of my podcast is to help survivors to heal yeah. and to disconnect and heal Uh, after narcissistic abuse and talking about holistic health trauma support and boundaries so whether the relationship is personal or professional so that is that is what i do at the vibrant survivor and i'm very grateful to be able to have that platform and be able to share and help people globally yes
0: so good, so necessary. So, my final question is if you had, because I know that we do, whether it's Courage Co, the community that we have over here, th- there's a lot of people that have experienced narcissism, that have left narcissistic, abusive relationships of co- some kind that are wanting to reinvent themselves after that. So, what would be some first steps or some words of encouragement that you have for somebody that is? ready to start getting to the other side and building a life that they just really love being in really to almost get to a place where you are today like what would be some steps that they could just start with
1: Hmm. I think that getting well one tool (laughs) (laughs) that I really love uh, that could be helpful or starting point in terms of kind of figuring out um, what you know what you want to do or what resonates with you uh, could be something like a wellness wheel, you know, uh, exercise, and looking at the different areas of your life and you know what areas maybe need shoring up. And also, I think being able to get involved in something that you love, a lot of times we get into these relationships. And we're giving and giving and giving to, into these kind of black holes of relationships that are going nowhere and being drained and all of that, whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, yeah. and really taking time to really get, get quiet and maybe think about, pray about like what it is that you want to do, what it is that you love to do um and how you want to show up, you know, for yourself and for others. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, so much focus is on the narcissist. The narcissist did this, the narcissist did that. Yeah. And I know for me, like when I when I kind of when I came into this awareness, um, I, I took the hosting once I started kind of feeling better physically, I went to a hosting workshop and, you know, I was already doing the acting and everything, but but I and I kind of took a step back. But I I went to the hosting workshop and it was so good for me. I ended up meeting up with one of my colleagues, um, and she and I kind of drove to the um, workshop together. And it turns out that you know her dad, you know she shared with me that her dad was a narcissist. And but just even something like that, and like I said, even going there, that led me to that really supernova moment where that really huge aha moment in the pool. going, but I was going to work a hosting workshop, (laughs) but it's like, you know, God used that whole situation to reveal to me the root of where all this came from. So I think that can be a really powerful thing too, is thinking about what do you enjoy doing? Because through that, like it could be an activity. It could be, you know what? I I really love art. I really love, Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to blank, fill in the blank. Yeah. Um, and that, and maybe taking a class or kind of finding a way to kind of get back into it, a workshop, a class, um, whether it's online or in person or yeah. going to the theater, you know, that type of thing that can open things up. Um, and I, I did a lot of journaling as well, which kind of helped me to unload a lot of the, a lot of the emotional stuff, but it also kind of showed me also where my heart was, where my passions were and that helped me to shape things and and kind of put things into focus and I think also serving was really powerful for me too being able to go serve with a group of women who I had um I had joined um uh, at church I was we were part of like a small group and we all went out and volunteered together and that was a really powerful experience to go do something in the community for somebody else Yes. And, um, and that's very, you know, just really encouraging and uplifting. Um, so things, you know, things like that, but, um, yes. I'm very grateful for the ways that God's used all of these things to really help me on my healing journey and then to be able to in turn help others. So
0: I think all of those are so, so helpful to really excavate your soul and and mm-hmm you but then start getting into expression do you know what i mean because a lot of times when you're just trying to shut down and sur- survive really it's like okay now i have to start getting out of myself again so those are all all beautiful ideas and even doing just one of them will change your life for sure if you do it consistently so i just want to honor you too this has just been <laughs> such Uh, Such a blessing to have you on the podcast and hear you and allowing you to share this beautiful gift of your story and your testimony and I just want to thank you so much for the way that you have grown gracefully through pain and really stayed on this potter's wheel right allowed him to work through you in truly magnificent and miraculous ways, right? And for the work that you're doing today, that is so powerful and so necessary. I just want to say, thank you. It's just beautiful to see you in action and get to be a part of your journey and what you're doing.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Listen, if you are not plugged into Courage Co. yet, what are you doing? CourageCo Co. is a faith-based community off social media that you can access from your phone or your desktop, literally from anywhere. It is a safe place and a sacred space for you to invest in and live your most courageous and impactful story. You can join us for free, for prayer calls and challenges, for a monthly subscription or we have monthly masterclasses, or the god's vibes mastermind where you will get live master life coaching at a price that you won't get anywhere else 12 weeks of content that we will go through together or you can navigate at your own pace you'll have lifetime access to that a community of women doing this alongside of you a workbook and so many other materials to help you on your journey and i just want you to imagine for a second Having the courage, clarity, and focus to achieve anything you desire. Walking into any situation fully confident, knowing you have everything you need to succeed. Embracing challenges and overcoming obstacles with grace and ease. Feeling only love and compassion for others, no matter how they may have hurt you in the past. Standing up for what you believe in and taking unstoppable action to create the kind of world you want to live in, you're in the right place to take your next step on your journey. When you plug into the God's Vibes Mastermind, I'll teach you how to identify and eliminate the self-limiting beliefs and habits that are stopping you from getting the results you want. I'll teach you how to heal old wounds that have negatively impacted your self-image and self-esteem for far too long. I'll show you how to dismantle the story of who you are and what you can or cannot do in the world. I'll help you expand your consciousness from fear-based limitation to love and compassion and service to the world. I'll help you vanquish the inner enemies that are stopping you from being all that you can be. Release your victimhood and reclaim your power. Develop a aligned mindset, and habits to boost your productivity and results, gain deeper awareness of your own inner light and divinity, and achieve the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self-mastery needed to achieve any goal. You will learn how to think the way God formed, shaped, and anointed you to think, and succeed the way he always intended, and show up in any situation as the most powerful person in the room, no matter what Challenges might appear on your path. If this sounds like something that you want to be a part of I want to invite you to join the God's Vibes Mastermind. You can get plugged into it over at Courage Co. You can access Courage Co. at any level at www.courageco.org Together we will awaken your inner warrior spirit and unleash your capacity to achieve any goal you can imagine you will become an example of what's possible with God.